0: Coming to you from beautiful Santa Barbara, California, promoting peace, healthy living and happiness. It's the Peace Podcast with host
1: Barbara Gahn-Mueller. Hi,
0: this is Barbara Gahn-Mueller. It is an honor to welcome you to peacepodcast.org. Peace Podcast is devoted to peace, happiness, and healthy living. Today, you're in for a treat. We're going to talk with Honorable Douglas Roach. He's been a Canadian Senator, Member of Parliament, an ambassador for disarmament and also a visiting professor at the University of Alberta. He was elected chairman of the United Nations Disarmament Committee at the 43rd General Assembly in 1988 and an officer of the Order of Canada. Now, here's the part you're going to be amazed at. This is a man who wastes no time. He has authored 20 books, including How We Stopped Loving the Bomb, wouldn't you just love to read that? His memoir, Creative Dissent, A Politician's Struggle for Peace, just like we are all struggling for peace and the human right to peace in his recent book, which is not that recent, I think 2015, The United Nations in the 21st Century. Douglas Roach, what an honor to welcome you to Peace Podcast. Thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you, Barbara. It's a pleasure to see you again.
0: Thank you. Well, you know, you're so optimistic. You've worked for peace for a long time, and your optimism stays with you, as well as writing about peace. I think you're writing right now about peace and the 75th anniversary of the United Nations. Am I right about that?
1: Yes. I guess uh, optimism must be in my DNA, Barbara, but it's not a mindless optimism, uh, like hoping that the weather will be nice tomorrow, I can't do anything about it. I can do something even though it's very small, minuscule, compared to the efforts that are required, I can do something to help advance the agenda for peace that the United Nations gave birth to. We're now celebrating the 75th anniversary of the UN, and it's a wonderful moment to uh, reflect on the fact that we have not had a world war in those 75 years. Now, it's true, we've had regional wars, there's still conflict, there's still suffering, There's still poverty. Uh, But um, I think that if you look at uh, virtually any metric by which we measure uh, our human activity on the planet, say uh, technology, industry, uh, medicine, agriculture, any of these fields, uh, we see that more people are getting more benefits from that field than ever before. So we ought not to uh, succumb to the madness that we see around us. I am not uh, oblivious or blind by any means to the terrible things that are happening in the world and the devastating, uh, low level of political leadership. Uh, But all that being said, uh, I think that uh, we have to keep our, our eye fixed on the goal. What is the goal? The goal, is to live a life of nonviolence and sustainable peace. And the the United Nations has given us the agenda for that.
0: Oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Well, you know, there's a theme that kind of runs through all of your 20 books, and that is hope, not fear. Put your actions where your heart is, but that hope, what gives you hope today?
1: Well, of course, I consider hope a verb, uh, not uh, not just a noun. I think that we have to activate uh, instruments uh, that can build the conditions for peace. And uh, if you look at the United Nations, there are some, I don't know, 20 or 25 agencies uh, that cover the uh, gamut of virtually all human activity, and development, peacekeeping, and rights, and women's rights, and so on. I mean, it's just a long list. And so um, I find um, hope, uh, and I try to give this to people when I lecture or what I write, uh, I try to give them a hope that is based um, on what we have actually achieved so far. We have built a system, we have built institutions. and uh, because there are problems, we ought not to throw the baby out with the bathwater. We, we have to reform, renew, and recommit. And uh, particularly, get enough money from the governments into the international systems so that uh, there can be the programs uh, carried out that uh, can alleviate suffering and distress and uh, and particularly at this uh, juncture we're at now barbara when i, I consider that um, the world is in a triple emergency a triple emergency uh, we have to address at the same time Three overwhelming, paramount problems uh, that that affect everybody on the planet, namely the climate, the global warming, uh, the, the the continued modernization of nuclear weapons, and now the COVID nineteen pandemic, and which we the COVID particularly has shown us how vulnerable we all are. We have to ha- we have to cooperate uh, rather than, than confronting one another. And so the United Nations has given us the framework for that. And so why should we lose hope? Because there are problems. The people who brought about the end of apartheid or colonialism, I mean, they they didn't lose hope when uh, the going got rough. And we are at a huge transformation moment in world history. With the, uh, with the ability to deal with the global problems through our communications, social media, and, uh, and the education that we have. And so let's spend our time and energies building rather than lamenting.
0: I love that. You remind me of my late husband, Dr. Robert Mueller, and you did write a book with him also. And every time I look at you and think of Robert, I think I'm looking at twins. You both had this same philosophy that optimism and work together and cooperation will bring the solutions that we need in this triple emergency.
1: Well, I feel privileged to even have my name in the same sentence as Robert Mueller. Uh, Robert Mueller taught me so many things uh, about life in the United Nations. He was a mentor uh, to me and, uh, and also a very enjoyable mentor. I must say, when he played his harmonica harmonica, in That's the Ode true. to Joy, I mean, who couldn't who couldn't help but feeling good and hopeful when Robert was around?
0: He was so hopeful. And I would be in the audience when he was making a speech and he'd start his harmonica, that little ten-hole harmonica, and he'd play Ode to Joy. And all of a sudden, the audience's hearts were just bursting with possibilities and bursting with love. And you know, Douglas, I have put that... Ode to Joy on peacepodcast.org. So anyone who would like to listen to Robert play the Ode to Joy and let your heart be filled with the possibilities that we could have a joyful world, right, Douglas?
1: Well, uh, that's very interesting, uh, you know, to use the word joy in, in this connection. A lot of people are looking for happiness in the world. And, uh, of course, uh, there was nothing wrong with happiness once you find it. If if it, if it, uh, if you can build your life on, uh, right. some, on some happy uh, uh, pillars, but uh, uh, happiness in, in its fullest extent, uh, when re- when you reach out beyond yourself, um, reaches a level of joy, and that, and that joy is um, is a, uh, a manifestation of uh, our human unity and our love that connects us all until it takes us to a higher level of living.
0: Let's write a book on joy. That is such a beautiful statement, what you just now said. That's the outcome, the joy. And people say to me, how do you know if you're on your path of destiny? And I say, well, are you joyful? Are you doing the work that is needed today with joy and enthusiasm? Then you know you're on the right path. And sometimes your right path could be in the grocery store. A joyful smile to the lady checking you out or the clerk. It's a way to bring joy into your life. Um, somebody wrote the other day. I was miserable until I thought a new thought, and then I said I can be happy, and I did something for another, and then I was happy. So there's a simple formula, isn't there, for joy? Just bring it out.
1: Well, I think it uh, it, it uh, creates a certain radiance and um, sensitivity uh, with with people to. Uh, they're inundated. people are inundated by bad news by people yelling at one another on the television and the news uh, so so it becomes distressful it's stressful to be to begin with and then it's full of distress uh particularly when you look at the, at the at the political uh, situations uh but i I think that um uh if we step back for a moment and and uh, and see Um, what uh, the United Nations has been able to do. And I take this occasion, Barbara, to remind everyone that uh, at the 75th anniversary of the United Nations, the the observance, which I suppose most of of it will be virtual, but it it will occur in a few days, around the 25th, 26th of September, um, they're going to release the declaration uh, for the commemoration of the seventy fifth uh, anniversary, and that uh, speaking of hope is a hope filled document and and it says very clearly that the United Nations must be at the center of our activity, and we recognize how 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 vulnerable uh, people are to, to today uh, to uh, the ravages of of COVID and the the repercussions of it. And that is all the more reason why we must put our uh, resources and our strengths to cooperate, uh, to alleviate the worst forms of poverty. And of course that brings us directly to the Sustainable Development Goals, the 17 uh, SDGs, 17 Sustainable Development Goals set up by the United Nations to take us to the year 2030. And raise the level of uh, of uh, of, uh, of life generally for people who, who are most who are most vulnerable most vulnerable. So that brings us to uh, 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 children, education, health conditions, maternal health, uh, agriculture, water systems—all those things that are, are essential for uh, for uh, people uh, to, to live a life of decency so it, 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 in fulfilling all of that we we build the conditions for a sustainable peace and in doing that we have to examine how we're treating the planet and put in systems that will t- take out the ex- excessive amount of carbon that we're now uh, putting into the into the atmosphere and causing such devastation in the in the climate in the storms and the floods that we're that we're now experiencing so, life, Barbara, is a mixture of uh, the good and the bad and uh, I'm not going to pretend for one moment that any of this is easy uh, but I, as I said a moment ago we're at a transformation moment in world history and we are challenged to, uh, to lift ourselves up and to respond and so that's, uh, what, that's what gets me out of bed in the morning and a joyful spirit.
0: Wow! Boy, the 75th anniversary has spurred on so many great things, the Sustainable Development Goals in particular. And I was just interviewing um, Rachel Pittman on this also, the Peace Podcast, and she was talking about we're entering a decade of action for the Sustainable Development Goals. The first five years, and you, as some of you may know, the Sustainable Development Goals were Adopted in 2015. So we've had five years of awareness. Now, when we engineer the consent of the publics, we count on you start with awareness, then you give them the information, which are the sustainable the goals, the 17. Then you tell them what they can do. And as you look at what they can do to help those goals get implemented, you've entered the decade of action. But here's the secret in order for people to practice peace, you have to reward them for being peaceful, you have to give them some kind of feedback. Thank you Douglas Roach for being peaceful. Thank you Douglas Roach for writing The Struggle for Peace, A Politician's Struggle for Peace, or your most recent book The United Nations honor those who are peaceful now, because that's how you begin to bring the world of mentors into our awareness. And it also helps you understand that peace is possible. And it begins with these beautiful people I have on my peace podcast. Right now, we're listening to Douglas Roche, And I'm going to tell you something. This man has won so many awards, it would take the next 15 minutes just to describe all the awards. Now, why was that? Why are these awards possible and why are they so important? Because they're finding people who are working for peace and giving us examples of how we too can take that action for peace. Douglas, if you were to tell me today what your dream is for the world, what would it be? Uh,
1: That um, uh, a, a, a significant percentage of people Uh, would demand of their politicians that they uh, put in policies uh, that reflect uh, the goals of the United Nations. Here I speak of arms control and disarmament, uh, economic and social development, environmental protection, and the advancement of human rights. Those are the pillars uh, to build a peaceful society and so uh, what uh, I've, often, I've often said that, you know, that if we could get enough people uh, to push the political system and, uh, you know, you can do it by letters, by communication, by uh, phone calls to, uh, to, uh, to an outward expression of your opinion and sometimes marches, demonstrations, uh, various tools that we have available to communicate and to express ourselves. The, now the now that we live in the world of social communications how easy it is to multiply our voice uh, around the world and so I think that some of this is is definitely happening now uh, but uh, we we need it we need to uh, you know we see it we see it in the demonstrations just just recently in Washington again on uh, against discrimination racial discrimination and uh, that is one and with other themes that, that need constantly be, to be addressed. So my hope and my goal is that uh, a sufficient number of people will express themselves and, and uh, make the political system respond uh, to, uh, in, in the creation of policies that are aimed at, at helping the lives of people rather than preserving the wealth of the people who are already rich.
0: Keeping the lives of our precious people on our planet healthy and joyful is my dream too. I want people to be able to wake up in the morning and say, now today's the day I'm going to work for peace. Or today's the day. In fact, I read something. Robert, you know, Robert would call it like it was, you know what I read today? Robert wrote, It's a sin not to work for peace. And I thought, wow, that's a Catholic for you. (laughs) A sin not to work for peace. Well, maybe he was telling us that. Working for peace is something that will get us on a higher level in heaven. Who knows? Well,
1: well, let's say that it's a great virtue at any event, at any, at any event. A great <laughs> virtue.
0: <laughs> well, my dear, you are always so optimistic, so full of wisdom, and uh, do you have a new book coming out?
1: Oh, well, I'm always working on St. Barbara.
0: Well, that's why you're so young.
1: It's what happens over the next few months.
0: Oh, and when's that coming out?
1: Well, we, have, we, just, we, we, we just have to keep going and uh, every day, Barbara, every day for me is a blessing. I thank God for my health, uh, that I get out of bed to begin with and then start functioning and, uh, and uh, contribute in, in, my, in, a, in a very modest way. But in doing that, I, um, I feel that I'm paying a debt to society for taking up space on the planet. Uh, for to try to give back a little bit of what I have received in my own health and ability to write and communicate And so uh, it's a, it's, a, it's speaking of joy to bring joy back in It's a joy for me to be able to espouse um, and reach out and touch people uh, with, uh, with a message, that peace is not only possible, but it's necessary, and we can do it. And this is, this, is a, this is a driving force in my life.
0: It's a driving force in my life, too. I love the word peace. And I wish we had more ways that everyone could just begin. And sometimes when I'm through on a telephone conversation, I don't say goodbye, I say may peace be with you. Because to remind people that peace is possible. Remember Pathways to Peace, it was started so long time ago in the early 80s. And Robert and Avon Madison, started working on the International Day of Peace. And I want to wish you a happy September 21st, Douglas. That's World Peace Day. Peace Day. World Peace Day. And Robert and Avon in the early 80s were working on that. And I remember going to San Francisco on the 50th anniversary of the United Nations and seeing these hundreds of thousands of people blessing the day that the United Nations was created.
1: Well, that... Fiftieth uh, anniversary uh, was, uh, uh, I suppose it, pro- it. probably was the last occasion that I saw Robert Mueller. He gave a speech in San Francisco uh, on the at a big dinner uh, on the occasion of the fiftieth anniversary, and uh, he galvanized people with the ideas that he that he uh, that he put out himself.
0: Well, you know, we have 7,500 ideas and dreams for a better world. And every day we hand them out on the internet. You were right about that. This is our global voice, our emails. And instead of filling up your email box with things that don't really inspire you, Go to goodmorningworld.org and Robert's. Every day we have, except Saturday and Sunday, but every day of the week we have a message for you that Robert wrote. Robert thought that the United Nations was where he gained his wisdom. And Douglas, would you agree with that? The United Nations is wisdom field.
1: It's uh, it's got every field of uh, of human activity, and also it uplifts and. Uh, when it says, uh, you know, we the peoples, uh, you know, determined to work, to avoid, again, the this, this scourge of war and to uplift all our, all our values and our, our social interaction. I mean, that it is, uh, it's, it's much more than a political organization. I mean, it is a spiritual center mm-hmm. because the, the, the moral base of our humanity is brought out by the United Nations in uh, in in teaching us uh, how not only that we should you know help one another or dare I dare I say love one another but certainly reach out to one another. Uh, but it shows us how to do it too.
0: The spirit of the United Nations. You're the first person I've talked to in a long time that said it's almost like a spiritual spirituality when you walk in there. You get this uplifted feeling and you see all these people communicating and trying to make a world better for all. And I walk in and I think, this is a holy place. And Robert always loved the thing, those people who enter here have hope. And I love that, that there was hope by entering the United Nations.
1: There are many, uh, there are many things to lament about uh, the COVID-19 virus and what it's done to our society. And, and many, many people are suffering. So I, I personally ought not to complain, but I do miss going to the United Nations. I do miss going to, to, into the building in New York or in Geneva or in Vienna. I miss, I miss that uplifting feeling I always had for all the years of my public life. And I'm going back now 40, 40 to 50 years um, that I have uh, been a st- student of the United Nations and I have taught the United Nations and I have learned, I have imbibed from it, and it has filled uh, me with a spirit uh, that reaches out beyond myself into a, the community, what we used to say the community of man, or so the community of, of humanity, all of humanity, uh, when you look at, on on a full day, uh, when it's crowded in the General Assembly, in each de- each country, each of the 193 countries has has a desk with six seats at it. So, uh, total number of people uh, is, is substantial. And when you look at it all in a full day, you see the faces of the modern world, and you see there the diversity of humanity. And how the uh, that the, 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 in this diversity that there is a unity, and we have to we have to find it, build it, and protect it.
0: Wow! Find it, build it, and protect it. Protect the unity that the United Nations was founded on, and to avoid the scourge of war. And with those words, I'm going to thank Douglas Roach. Douglas Roach has been a friend since I've been married to Robert, and that happened in the early 90s and he's just been in my life for all this time and I am so blessed and I hope you also will go on Amazon and buy one of his books, read the inspiration that motivated him to spend his life working for peace. Douglas, do you have a last word for us today?
1: Well, uh, I wish everyone a happy 75th anniversary of the United Nations and hope that Uh, all the problems of the world that we have, notwithstanding that we could find some joy and peace in one another as we go forward.
0: What a beautiful way to end our recording with Douglas Roach, to find our peace together, to live in harmony and love, it sounds so simple. Why can't we do it? Well, we can. While you watch Peace Podcast, you get motivated to do something a little more. And if you need music to get you going, go to my blog on peacepodcast.org and listen to Robert. Douglas, thank you.
1: Thank you, Barbara.
0: As always, it's an honor. And I hope that you will tell your friends, pay attention. How can you bring peace into your daily life? Peace is good for you. Look at Douglas. I'm going to tell you a little secret. He's over 90. He doesn't look it. He doesn't act it. And he hasn't woke up any morning that didn't say, thank you, God, I'm here. And I'm getting better and better. And I think there's something about the joy of just being alive. And take that joy and work for peace and spread it to the world. God bless you.